times. Uh, there's three widows standing there without any type of help or any type of support. And they are, uh, well, they're just moving in fear. They're, they're in, in confusion. They don't, really don't know what to do. But the mother-in-law, Naomi, she decides, she's from Bethlehem, and she decides she's here that God is pouring out a blessing there. So they, she wants to return there. And the other thing is Ruth decides that she is also going to start over, and she commits to starting over with Naomi, but she also commits to starting over with God. And this is the, the whole thing we want to talk about today is starting over. Our scripture verses are all pretty much going to be in, in Ruth, so if you've got that, we're going to be going through some different chapters there. But in Ruth 1.16... Uh, Naomi is trying to talk Ruth into staying and just st- keeping life as she's always known it. Maybe finding another Moabite or finding a Moabite husband, be with uh, whoever is left there, her friends, and just kind of experiencing life the same as it's always been. But but Ruth objects and she replies this way: She goes, "Don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go." I will go wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. She's, at this point, she is saved. She is calling on the name of Yahweh. And wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. And may the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. I want to tell you, that is some sort of commitment right there. And we're going to look at this commitment that that Ruth makes to to God, and we're going to see how this allows so much blessing and favor into her life. She could have stayed, like I said, in Moab and worshipped those gods. She could have tried to find a husband, and rather than relying on God, she could have relied uh, on a man, and actually her sister-in-law did just that. Her sister-in-law stayed back. And she could have had it, Ruth could have had it the way that it had always been, and it would have been okay, but that would have kept her from really knowing how life could be if she would have started over with God, but she has chosen to start over with God. Starting over, I want to tell you, is an inevitable part of life, isn't it? And in some ways, we absolutely hate starting over. For a lot of us, that speaks of failure. For a lot of us, it speaks of moving into the unknown. For a lot of us, we don't want people to know that we need to start over even when we really need to start over because we're overly concerned with how they see us or what their impression of it is. Nobody wants to be known as the person that has to start over. But don't, if we're honest, don't we all find ourselves in the spot where it's just either from our own choices or from the choices of others where we have to start over. But how we start over makes every difference in life. And starting over with God, I want to tell you, and this is the the message, and this is why Ruth is our hero, starting over with God is a completely different experience than starting off on your own or relying on other things. We got that? Can I get amen? Yes, starting over with God. We all have to start over. Starting over with God is completely and utterly different experience. And more than likely, God brings us to a place that's better and more blessed and and larger and more fulfilling than any other place we've ever been in our life if we'll start over with him. It's just like Job. He lost everything. In fact, his wife's response was to curse God 
and die. But Job is steadfast, and he decides that he is going to start over with God. And in the end, even though he has lost everything, that he has twice as much as he ever had in life. And this is just what God does if we give him a chance, if we start over with him and involve him. You know that starting over is one of the ways that God works in our lives. Even though we not, we're not really crazy about that option, but we all find ourselves in there. And God restores Ruth's life. We're going to look at this. And he worked in ways that she could see with her natural vision, but then he also worked in ways... God worked in ways behind the scenes that she couldn't see except for supernatural vision, or we'll just call that faith. He worked in ways. He was always working behind the scenes for her good in ways that she could see and in ways that she couldn't see at the time. I've seen marriages restored and healed because couples have decided to start afresh, this time placing Jesus Christ in the center of their marriages. I've seen ministry boards become powerful and effective because they recommitted their mission to God. And I have seen careers salvaged from business people because they started over. And this time, they had God as the president and the chairman and the CEO. I want to look at a verse, and this is a verse and a great truth that we see operating continually through all, uh, all the chapters of the book of Ruth. We can see this one truth, this one principle. I want to put it up. It's called Romans 8.28. I'm using a little bit different translation than I, than I do, so I don't have this one necessarily memorized. But anytime people get in a difficult situation or you want to try to ease the pain around somebody that's suffering or has some loss... Uh, regardless of what the situation is, we always want to go to Romans 8.28. And we say, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good. Now, this is true, but it's not as true as the other. There's a full verse to this. And I want to tell you that that part of the verse isn't as true as the whole verse. And when we apply it into our lives, we need to be applying the whole verse of Romans 8.28. And we can see this principle worked out explicitly in Ruth's life. Okay, and let's read this. And we know, on the bottom, know that God causes everything together to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Okay, so that's a little bit different. God works all things. I better watch this one. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good for those who love him. Now, who are those that love God? Well, first of all, they have to have some sort of devotion and affection towards God, but the scriptures are clear that, uh, that, that we know who loves them, loves God, because uh, who, they that love him obey his commands. They walk in his way. The other way that we can know is you can't say, I love God, and then treat your brothers and sisters poorly, right? You have to, if you do that, then God says you're actually a liar, if you say that you love God and you don't love your brothers and sisters. So that's it. If we can keep that verse back up there, that would be fantastic. 
Romans 8, 28. So for those who love God, okay, so now I can apply this. This scripture will apply to my life that he, that if I love God and are called according to his purposes for them, are you walking in? Have you sought God for the purposes that he has for your life? Do you know his ways and are you following in them? If that is all true, then I want to tell you, then, then God works all things together for the good. And I want to tell you that it was Ruth's commitment to God that made Romans 8.28 a reality in her life. And it's your commitment to God, your love for God, and your commitment to his plans and purposes that will make the favor that comes from Romans 8.28, that God is working all things together for the good, a reality in your life. This is called the favor of God. And we have a saying around here, it's called the flavor of favor. And we are always looking for ways that were God's favor, where he seems to be working. We've all experienced, haven't we? We've all experienced a, a connection that we made that all of a sudden resulted in a, a big business deal or it got us a job. And we just think, like, how in the heck did that happen? You cannot uh, arrange that. We all experience some financial blessing. We get a promotion when somebody else should have got the promotion. We're just saying, like, how can that be? What a coincidence. What is happening? Well, I want to tell you that God is moving behind the scenes for those that love him and are called according to his purposes. Ruth starts over in Bethlehem. And she begins first by the commitment. And then she begins looking for the flavor of favor. And this is it. So uh, Ruth 2 verse 2 says, one day Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go out into the harvest fields to pick up the stalks of grain left behind anyone who is kind enough to let me do it who or who I find favor with. So she's going to go out there and she's going to find some place where she doesn't get shooed off or she doesn't get beat up or something bad doesn't happen, but they've got some sort of grain or some sort of fruit that she can pick up on the edges. That was a a legal thing to do. Once the owner and the workers of the property had their fill, you could kind of come in behind and and glean this stuff, and it would be legal. So uh, how many CSI fans do we have here? None, okay. It's, well, it's a, it's a show on the downward thing. I mean, I know they got a lot of them. CSI. Uh, okay, so let's see. I'm still going to stick with this illustration, just so you know. You've all, who here has heard of CSI? Okay, you all heard of CSI. Crime scene investigation. But I want to tell you here, as believers, what we're talking about today is BSI, Blessing Scene investigation. And a lot of times we cannot see how God is working, how he's pouring his favor into our life and working our circumstances together for the good until we actually look back. And that's what they did in CSI. After the event, after the the fact of something happening, they would investigate things. They would look for fingerprints. They would dust. They would match up blood types. They would do all these things, look for photography, any hairs, any type of fiber that they could. And looking back in retrospect, so they could see who was responsible for the murder, right? Well, we have to do the same thing. And, and I'll tell you, once we begin to look back in our life, we can see God's fingerprints all over it as he has been working all things for the good for those that love him and are called according to his purposes. The unexplainable promotion, the random meeting, 
right? We're 15th. We've experienced in our life 15th on the list to get into a private school. Boom, you get a call the next day. Like these things are not just coincidences or random things. And here's the other thing. So as we see God working in Ruth's life because she has made the commitment, she is looking for favor, it just so happens that the, the first field that Ruth goes to, coincidentally enough, we'll just laugh at that, right? Coincidentally enough, happens to be a close relative of hers named uh, Boaz, and he was a close relative of her deceased father-in-law. And this is Boaz. Now, here's the law of the land. I want to give you a little bit of Bible background in this. The law stated that if you were in trouble and you had a wealthy relative, a person of prominence, somebody of standing, somebody of some money, that he had to help you if he could. Right? But the key words were if he could. So there was a lot of leeway there. Can I really help this person? Oh, well, I really can't now uh, this. But in general... It was that you had to help the person if you could. And this person was called a kinsman redeemer. And he would pay back your debt so you could get out of debtor, debtor's prison and you could lose the shackles that were on you for unpaid bills. And if you lost something like land or an inheritance that came for the family, the kinsman redeemer could redeem it back into the family. And we'll see that Boaz would become... Ruth's kinsman redeemer, and he would become a little bit more, right? It's a beautiful, beautiful story. So Ruth is gleaning some leftovers in this random field, the first field that she goes to. She finds uh, this favor, and coincidentally enough, Boaz happens to be there, which didn't always happen. You know, the landowner, he's there, he's checking on things, and he notices Ruth, and he says, and he calls, asks the foreman about her, and this is in Ruth 2, 6, and he says, and the foreman replied, she is the young woman from Moab who came back with Naomi. She asked me this morning if she could gather grain behind the harvesters, and she has been hard at work ever since except for a few minutes rest in the shelter. And here we can see another key to starting over with God, and that is diligence. Or there's a word called stick-to-itiveness. Stick-to-itiveness. Yeah, so it's just doing. It's it's, it's calling to staying at it wherever you're at with whatever you have and just being faithful, just being diligent in it. That is our part of the equation, and God's part of the equation is provision, right, is, is the favor. We do the best we can with what we have, where we're at, and there's just something that allows the favor of God to move through the life of a person that lives his life uh, like this. And we're going to see how the favor of God, because of the things that Ruth has done, she is, what she's doing as she's starting over with God is she's positioning her life so that God's flavor can, favor can flow to it and through her life. So every time you guys hear favor uh, or you guys see something that you think is favor towards Ruth, I just want you to quietly just stick up your hand. Let's see. And we're going to read this first. So Boaz went over and said to Ruth, listen, my daughter, stay right here with us. And when you gather grain, don't go to any other fields. Favor, right? Exclusivity. You can come exclusively to my field. Then the next one, 
Stay right behind the young women working in my field. See which part of the field they are harvesting and then follow them. Favor. This is the way that it worked. Is, you know, even amongst the people that would glean in the field, there was a pecking order. And sometimes, depending on where you were, how strong you were, if you had a friend that was uh, a man inside uh, the worker's camp, but you might be on the very edge picking up stuff. You may be the first person allowed to go after the harvesters. You might be the 10th person trying to find what the other nine couldn't, right, after they're doing it. So you never knew. But here he's saying, as soon as these harvesters are coming through, you come right behind them. So that is called first fruit. She would just get it almost, she probably got as much harvest as the people that were working. But she hasn't even been hired. This is God's favor. I have warned the young men not to treat you roughly. Favor. Boaz is offering her protection at this point. Uh, And when you are thirsty, help yourself to the water they have drawn from the well. Favor, right? Boaz is extending her privileges in this. Isn't that awesome? And I want to tell you that if you will commit to God, if you need to start over, if you will commit to him, if you will look for favor, if you will be diligent and faithful with what, where you're at as you're starting over, with what you have, with what you don't have, that you will see these same things. You'll see that God will bless you and give you some exclusive rights to certain things. He'll give you first fruits. He'll give you provision. He'll give you protection. And he'll give you privileges. Ruth started over and she did this and committed to God. And she just did the best that she could in the circumstances. Sometimes that's all that we have, isn't it? But I want to tell you, with God, that's enough. That is enough. So verse 10, or read verse 10 through 12. Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. What have I done to deserve such kindness? What a sweet spirit in this this lady. She asked, uh, again, I'm only a foreigner. Okay, let's pay attention to that. Uh, Yes, I know, Boaz replied, but I also know about everything you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I have heard how you left your father and mother and your own land to live here among complete strangers. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come uh, to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have. Have done, and sometimes when we are starting over, we just really don't think that we have much to give. But but Ruth's story, the reason I think she's a hero, is that she proves that anybody can be kind, anybody can be thankful, anybody can be loyal in it. And I want to tell you that that's all Ruth had, but she spent every single bit of it. In that situation, she didn't hold back. She didn't withdraw. She wasn't waiting for the, the bigger thing. She never tried to take, <coughs> she never tried to go back to Moab. She was just starting with, over with God. So Ruth continues working Boaz's field. You have to read this story again. It, it might even just take you 15 minutes, 20 minutes. It's an awesome, awesome read. Ruth uh, continues working Boaz's field, and she is found herself. She's finally realizing, I am on the path of, fa- of uh, favor. Do you see that? Like, eventually, she's going to start picking that up. Like, oh my gosh, what have I done? This, this, this. 
oh, this is pretty good. Starting over with God makes a lot of sense. And she finds herself on this path, and then she starts thinking, man, uh, you know, maybe God is in this in a permanent way. Right? Maybe this isn't just a seasonal thing. Maybe this thing with Boaz and this favor that I'm feeling, maybe it has something to do that might be longer term. Right? And she takes a big risk. If you read the story, you'll find out that one night Boaz wakes up in the threshing floor and finds Ruth laying at his feet, which basically in that culture was a marriage proposal. Will you marry me? Pretty risky thing for uh, a foreign a foreign girl who's a widow, young, has really nothing to her name, nothing to offer. There's no father to offer a dowry or anything like that. <clears throat> but she has, she has seen the favor of the Lord working on this path, and she's just going to continue in it. She's being diligent, and she's just following up the lead. So she goes down. She lays down at his feet. Uh, he wakes up, <clears throat> and basically he says, I wonder if God's doing something here. Right? Sometimes it takes men a little bit longer. Right? <clears throat> Notice, uh, they, they did end up getting married, but, you know, Ruth figured it out first. Isn't that the way it is sometimes? But anyway, Boaz, bless his heart, he finally gets it, and he senses God is up to something, and he accepts the proposal, <clears throat> and he says this. He goes in verse 311, now don't worry about a thing, my daughter. I will do whatever is necessary, for everyone in town knows you are a virtuous woman. So you see that she, the way that she lives her life, it positions her to experience the, the favor of God in her life. And the very next day, Boaz go, goes in. There's actually another person. There's another man that's first in line. That's actually a little bit closer relative. And he's like, I get a piece of property out of the deal? He's like, yes, I'm all in. And then Boaz says, well, actually, there's also a young woman, a young widow, foreigner, that's also involved with the package. you got to take both. And then the guy's like, well, uh, er, uh, I don't know. And Boaz steps right in. Handles all the paperwork, goes back, <clears throat> and they get married. So you can see if that, they did a BSI investigation, right, a blessing scene investigation. Can you look at her story and just see God's fingerprints on the whole entire thing because she committed uh, to God, to starting over with God? And I want to tell you that, uh, and, I'm, and I'm hoping that we'll see the situations that we're in. Some of, some of us here know that we need uh, to start over in a certain way, but we, we, we fear it. And, and this is a story, of just I want to assure everybody that God is going to be with you, that God uses the seasons of, of starting over, and, and sometimes in a powerful way. And God has taking, taken all of the, the kindness and all of the integrity that was within Ruth, all of the big things and all of the, the small things, and he has built a platform for her to build her life anew with Boaz. He's taken it all, and he's built this platform. And, of course, he's, it's going to be better than she's ever had before. This is just the way that God works. It's a new beginning. It'll take her further. And we'll find out <clears throat> that they get married. And they have a son. And his name is Obed. 
Obed gets married. He has a son, and his son's name is Jesse. I hear some of you guys know. Jesse gets married. Jesse has few sons, and one of his sons is named David. And so on, and so on, and so on. And here we have the very lineage of Jesus Christ. Pretty cool. I would say it would pretty much be impossible that, that Ruth could have possibly seen that this commitment to starting over with God, would that God would do this in her life. I think it's phenomenal. Like I said, it's just one of my favorite stories. And they don't even blow it at the end. It's fantastic. <clears throat> they finish well. Right? And it's because they had, you can see it in all of their lives. Before they even got married, they were working on the, their character. They had character. They had kindness. They had loyalty. And when they came together, that was just in place. It was a foundation that they had so that they, God could build a strong marriage, uh, marriage for them. So, these are the steps. I'm going to review them uh, quickly again. And the first is that we need to commit to God, to make a promise of the heart to rely on Him. Now, <clears throat> you know, this isn't a solemn vow or an oath, maybe like Ruth made, like till death, this, this or that. But it's a sincere promise of the heart, right? It's not just some superficial, glib thing that you're making. But it's like, hey, I am going to start over and God is going to be in the center Look for and follow the flavor of favor. Get on the path of favor and don't get off. Julie and I have a saying is we'd rather be favored than good. Because I want to tell you, even when you blow it, for everything that you're not, God's favor will take you into opportunities and take you to places that you could never get on your own power. That's the fantastic thing about God's favor. Be diligent. We talked about that earlier. Regardless of where you are, start rebuilding with God. Stay at it, and whatever you do, don't quit. Everybody can be kind in it. Everybody can be loyal. Regardless of the circumstance, you can have those things working in your life. Be a blessing. And starting off, you may not have much if you're starting over, but you can always bless somebody. And take risk, and take God risk. And I want to tell you that if... If, and here's the kind of risk to take. Like there's bad risks to take, but wherever you're seeing God's favor moving and you are on that path, I want to tell you that it's not really such a bad risk at all. It's not such a big risk at all. In fact, that's where surety is going to come from. That is where, you know, that God is going to give you the best. And this is what we're trying to decide in, in life is like, do we want the best that we can do or do we want the best that God can do? And it's important. It's a completely different experience when we start over. If we start over with God. So I got some questions that we want to end our time with this morning. I want to ask you. We're going to have some time of ministry. But in thinking about this morning and what you've heard, what places in, in our lives, what places in your life, is it really time to start over? Hit the reset button and put God into the center. I want to tell you that just like Boaz was a kinsman redeemer for Ruth, that we have a kinsman redeemer 
as well. And who is our kinsman redeemer? Jesus Christ. If you have a debt, a sin debt, Jesus Christ has paid the price to free you from your shackles. If there's something that's been taken from you, there's something that you've lost, there, there is mercy and, and there's not a part of your life, there's not a wrong decision that you've ever made that Jesus Christ cannot redeem it. So this morning for some is going to be like, well, I'm, I'm starting over and I'm going to start over with God. And maybe this is the first time that you're really going to start over with God. What can he redeem in your life? What, if you, if you involved him, what shackles could be, could be taken off? And the other reason that, that Boaz is in this message today, because I thought about, well, should I just do Ruth or should I just do Boaz? That's what they teach you in ministry school. You know, you got to kind of pick one or the other. I go, no, the way that God worked, if I was going to do my BSI and look back, I could see how God was moving on both of their hearts and in both of their lives to, to build this thing and to have this awesome, awesome life to have something that we can see that her reputation, their reputation was in all of the community to be a blessing in the area. And that's really one of the things that we do, like the, the blessings that come to us through Christ Jesus, through God's favor. We want to extend those blessings. We want to be like a blessing machine. That's one reason that we're moving into a, a bigger building because we want to help more people. There are more people that need the gospel and the truth of Jesus and to know that there's a kinsman redeemer out there that can redeem anything. Do you guys believe that? So you might not be starting over right now, but maybe you see somebody that's in that spot that is starting over. And maybe they're uh, not anything like you, just like uh, Ruth was a, a foreigner. She was a, a, a Moabite woman. It could be somebody that's not anything like you, that doesn't have anything to give you, to benefit you. There's nothing to exchange other than to just be a blessing and to step in the gap for them. How might God use us in their lives, in the lives of the community?